When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. We're here with the Jalen Hyatt episode. That's right. We're going to talk to the rookie wide receiver about what his first training camp was like, what he thought he needed to work on, and how comfortable he feels in a professional offense running the routes that they're asking him to run after a full summer's worth of work. But first, the dust has settled, right? The dust has settled on the Giants roster. So there's some surprises that came out of it. Now, first, there were some trades. They traded for Isaiah Simmons, right, late in the week, last week. Isaiah Simmons, uh, very talented, obviously, top 10 pick talent for the Arizona Cardinals. Didn't go great. He's sort of one of these nomads, these guys without a position. I kind of compare him to Jabril Peppers a whole bunch. It hasn't really worked for guys that don't necessarily have positions. But if it's going to work in a defense, Wink Marindale has what he calls a positionless defense. So maybe he could find a way to utilize Isaiah Simmons and the physical skills and talent that he has. Right, He's big, 6'4"-ish. He's got size. He can run. May not be a great. I think uh, I had a source from around the league pass a comment to me after the trade it was something like really talented athlete average football player right and this is sort of in the Jabril Peppers wheelhouse to me that's what Jabril Peppers was he was a really good athlete but he didn't really have a home in the NFL he could do some things but you're unable to excel a lot of times when you don't really have a position so the way I view this and I heard Wink loves him a guy that Wink was really high on going into the draft is that he views him as like almost like a sub package linebacker think Landon Collins, Tony Jefferson last year, but on steroids in in regards to he'll be used even more. Like I expect, let's say they play 60 defensive snaps in week one. I expect Isaiah Simmons to come close to 30, 30 snaps in that game. The Giants are going to find ways to use him, use him all over the field. Now he's starting or he works in practice now as an inside linebacker. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be only used as an inside linebacker. As a matter of fact, I think you're going to see him on the edges, coming off the edges as a blitzer a lot, coming from the uh, middle of the defense, lined up over the A-gap, all different things. Maybe even drop deep into coverage because he can do that to an extent, and at least he could do it better than most inside linebackers, right? No, I don't think he can play safety full-time in this league. But if you ask him to drop deep one or two snaps, I think you could get by with Isaiah Simmons there, and I think that's what Wink Martindale's looking at. Oh, look at this new toy I could use. So for a seventh-round pick, yeah, why not? Now, I think people have to re- be realistic with their expectations when, when in regards to Isaiah Simmons because the league spoke. They didn't think he was worth a sixth-round pick. They thought he was worth nobody. You know, the, the best the Cardinals could get was a seventh-round pick. So to think he's become this star, this big, you know, every down kind of guy, I think it's probably unrealistic. But can he be a solid contributor? Yeah. 
Is it worth it for a seventh-round pick? Yeah. Uh, to me, it seems like a no-brainer. Boogie Basham, another guy that got the Giants. The Bills are probably going to cut him. He actually probably was going to lose out to a guy that most of us have never heard of. I read the name the other day. I don't even, didn't even ring a bell for me. But the Giants got him for essentially was a uh, a pick swap. They give up their seventh round, a uh, sixth rounder in 2025, got back to Bill's seventh rounder instead. So again, second round pick can set the edge. Not much of a pass rusher, I don't believe, at this in this league. Maybe Wink could find a way to utilize him. He does prioritize stopping the run. That's really all Wing cares about in regards to uh, talent. He says, oh, I could scheme up the blitzes. I could scheme up the pressure. All we got to do is stop the run so he could help there. He's sort of like another Jihad Ward. Now, the Jihad Ward, that's a segue real quick. Him and Aaron Rodgers went at it a little bit. If you watch Hard Knocks, you know, Hadi pushed him, pushed Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers took offense. Hadi says he was sticking up for uh, the crackback illegal block. Randall Cobb had, and the, the Jets were sort of laughing at it, which they were in in the huddle. But in a way, Aaron Rodgers was really getting on Randall Cobb, but he did it in a joking way. But anyway, you know what it does? It adds juice to this Jets-Giants thing. And that's a beautiful thing because I don't care what anybody says. You know it. A lot of your friends are out there. They're Jets fans. You talk trash back and forth about the Jets and the Giants. So when that rivalry is good, when there's something behind it, when there's something more to it, and the Jets are getting all the attention right now, the Giants are flying under the radar, everyone's talking about potential Super Bowl for the Jets, and guess what? The Giants were the team last year that made the playoffs. The Jets haven't made it in 12 seasons. 12 straight seasons, they have failed to make the playoffs in a league where it's becoming more and more common to make the playoffs. But the Jets are the top. And look, ESPN's in on it. Anything Aaron Rodgers does. And I get it. He's Aaron Rodgers. But this hottie thing in Aaron Rodgers, it only adds, stokes the fire just a little bit. I You love it. It reminds you of that Rex Ryan era rivalry with the Giants. The whole Victor Cruz game, 99-yard touchdown, basically ended the Giants, uh, the Jets season 2011. And what the Giants do, they went on to go win the Super Bowl that year. And that was the moment, right? I think if you... Pinpoint one moment in that season, aside from when we get to the Super Bowl that year, it was probably that that play, the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown. So, look, this is beautiful. Bring it on. Let's go. Jets-Giants, October 29th. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be great. The rivalry is back. And to be honest with you, there really hasn't been much of a rivalry. They don't play in the same division. They play in the preseason. No one gives a darn about the preseason anymore. The Snoopy Bowl, no one even knows it's called the Snoopy Bowl. Nobody cares. The Giants play nobody, but they play again in the regular season this year, and it should be fun because the first time since 2011, it's possible that both teams are good, which is a beautiful thing. As far as some of the roster cuts, uh, yeah, it did surprise me. There was a couple things that did surprise me. Shane Lemieux making the roster kind of surprised me. Good for him, though. Guy has been injured you know, much of the last two years for him to come back and make the roster. Good story. I like Shane Lemieux as a guy. I always thought he had potential as a player. The thing was he couldn't stay healthy. Bobby McCain, huge surprise to me, actually, that he uh, that he made the roster. And I think his spot's kind of tenuous. The first guy to go will probably be Bobby McCain, in my opinion. He's a safety. Maybe he can help him in special teams. That's why he's around right now. 
Uh, Gary Brightwell also making over uh, to Sean Corbin, who now is on the Carolina Panthers practice squad. That surprised me a bit, too. Maybe he was a little bit of out of sight, out of mind with Gary Brightwell. But I liked what I saw for Sean Corbin. He was running a lot of first-team special teams. So a little surprised about that. Bryce Ford, we, in that one, he did not make the roster, but that's because he suffered a torn ACL. I really do believe he would have made the final roster. As a special teams player, he was going to be a gunner. He was going to be a special teams star, uh, regular on a lot of their special teams units. So him suffering a torn ACL in that Jets preseason game probably cost him a roster spot. Tough break for him. Cole Beasley being on the practice squad, a little bit of a surprise. He is coming back from a little injury, but I would expect Cole Beasley to be on the uh, active roster sooner rather than later. I've said this many times. He is Brian Dayball's guy. Don't forget that. He is Brian Dayball's guy. So I did not see Cole Beasley hanging around the practice squad too much longer once he gets healthy. They'll find a way to utilize him, get him in. There's some... uh, disposable pieces on the back end of the roster at this point. Aside from that, we kind of knew where they were, where this was headed. I thought Darnay Holmes, even though they've tried to replace him several times, would still be on the roster. Nick McLeod, good special teamer, guy the Giants like, thought he'd be on the roster. Um, tight end, maybe Tommy Sweeney. He had the uh, medical event a week or two ago. Uh, so once that happened, you kind of knew the Giants were likely to keep three tight ends. That is what they did. And uh, Tommy DeVito on the practice squad was always where that one was headed. So that's a real quick roster breakdown. Darian Beavers, by the way, a little surprising. He did not make the 53-man roster only because of where he started. But it was, it's been pretty clear for weeks now, and I've tried to make this pretty this very clear, was that he has not had a great camp. And he's not been very impressive. And he has coming off that knee injury. And if he had lost a little step, he never had great speed anyway. So the knee slowed him down a little bit, which is what it has looked like. All of a sudden, he went from member late round pick, sixth, seventh rounder, to, you know, and he loses a little of that speed. All of a sudden, he's a practice squad player. That's about right. So that did surprise me a little bit, even though I knew he was not having a great camp. And Micah McFadden had significantly outplayed him also. Isaiah Simmons joining the roster was sort of like the death knell for him in regards to making the 53. But he's back also now on the practice squad, which a lot of the guys the Giants cut, by the way, are back now in the practice squad. No guys picked up that they cut in waivers, and no guys added in waivers. Not sure what that says about the Giants. It says that they were low on the waiver order, and other teams weren't really interested in their guys. I guess that's what we should take from it. With that being said, let's talk about a guy who's going to make an impact this year as a rookie. On to the next one. All right, so we're going to talk to Jalen Hyde here, the rookie third-round pick, right? Now, you're kind of done with training camp. So what were I'm, – I'm curious, what were your impressions of a first training camp in the NFL? Yeah, first training camp, um, just for me, I think the biggest thing is just getting comfortable, uh, getting comfortable with my teammates, learning the playbook, you know, just a lot of things as rooks. Um, that, you know, you kind of struggle on at the beginning because it's just new to you. So, um, but after that, you know, after three or four practices, uh, kind of got in the flow of things, um, you know, playbook came easier. So, uh, and only that, you know, learning my teammates more. So, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been grind. It's been a grinding process. But your early uh, sort of self-evaluation, right, when you, you say, okay, this is kind of what I need to work on here is what? 
was what after those first couple of days? Yeah, uh, I think for me it's just uh, you know the speed of the game, um, a little faster than college. Uh, just being a little more physical on my releases, um, just things, you know, personal things I need to work on, um, you know, just as far as competing and going against, you know, whoever we play. Um, but at the same time, we've been, you know, they make showing me good looks, uh, good looks. You know, we have a great defense, um, you know, uh, guys with experience. So uh, just, you know, going against them every day in training camp, uh, is, you know, it's making me better, making me more confident and, you know, making me understand, you know, what I need to do to get open and, you know, what works and what doesn't. The whole route tree thing. We've heard about it plenty, right? You know, we've heard your response to it. I'm curious how much have the routes really been that different for you? Like, are you running a lot different routes than you did at Tennessee and a lot more routes? And what what kind of sticks out to you about that? Is there anything that's been the most difficult for you in that regard? Uh, Yeah, you know, I've definitely been, um, you know, from Tennessee to here, uh, definitely been a difference, uh, a, a, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, different concepts, different routes that we run. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, from uh, Tennessee is a little more vertical things, uh, but, you know, I'm loving it here. Um, learning, you know, learning how to, you know, run certain routes and, you know, looking at guys in front of me, you know, looking at guys that, you know, um, we see on film and, you know, just try to get try to get tips from them, you know, try to get notes from them, learn from them. Uh, we have a great receiver room, uh, great experience in there, uh, just leaders in the room. So it's been fun. But uh, at the same time, definitely, you know, still learning. Your new locker mate is Daniel Jones, right? I'm sure you've learned plenty about him this summer. What did you learn about him that maybe you didn't know before? Man, I didn't know he was such a, um, I mean, man, the dude eats, sleeps, breathes football, you know. And, and I, you know, at first, you know, you, it's kind of the same where, you know, quarterbacks got to, you know, be the first and last out. But he he, he really does that, you know. It, it, that's just not something that, you know, we say he actually comes in first. He's the first dude in the building and last guy to leave, um, you know. And sometimes when I'm gone, he'll test me and he's still watching film. And it kind of makes me feel bad because I'm at home and he's still watching film at the facility. So. You know, he, he's encouraging people to, you know, go with what he's doing because, um, you know, and not only that, we all believe in him. You know, everybody in this locker room, uh, he's made me more comfortable, uh, made me learn the offense a little, you know, way, way easier. Um, I mean, just a great leader. I think that's the biggest thing I learned from him, just what, what, a, what a leader he is. Give me an idea of what time he's texting you and what, what, that, what, what, the, what it might come across in one of those texts. Yeah, you know, it, we get down to practice around, you know, if it's regular day, um, We'll get done around four or five, you know, so I get home, uh, you know, around six, six thirty and, you know, I'll get tests from him maybe at nine, nine thirty. And, and, you know, it's him sending me clips or it's him watching film still in the facility. You know, when you get tested, when you get test messages like that, you know, um, it kind of makes you think and, 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 you know, ask yourself, are you really working? So, um, you yeah, man, I have, I have a lot of respect for him, um, what he has done here, uh, you know, the type of guy he is and uh, a lot of respect. And, you know, I'm trying to, uh, learn, you know, learn more from him, from his daily habits. Your expectations for your rookie year now that you've been through this all are what? You know, we're not, man, I always want, um, you know, I always set high goals. Um, you know, if you don't set high goals, you're not just, you know, um, you're just not going to reach them. And, you know, I want to set the highest goals. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I want to accomplish, but I think the first thing is just I want DJ to, you know, have trust in me. Uh, I want quarterback one, quarterback two, whoever's in the game. Uh, if it's DJ Tyrod, whoever, I want them to have fully trust in me. Uh, I think that's the the thing I'm trying to. How close are you to getting that? We're there. We're there. We're, we're there. Or we're getting very close. Um, you know, and it just starts about building and, and turning a camp in preseason, and um, now getting the flow. Of, you know, regular season. So um, that's the biggest. You know, number one goal I want to do it, and after that we can achieve our goals. All right, let's play a quick game. Who can run with Hyatt? Okay, I know you think no one's going to beat you, but who could at least run with you? And give you a race. Ready? I'll go one by one. Darius Slayton. He can run with me. 
He thinks he can. I know. He, he certainly thinks he can. Yeah. He can, he can run with me. That's all. He's not going to beat you, but he can run with you. Paris Campbell. Was fast now. He's sneaky fast. Um, oh, Dory Jackson, another one. He probably, I'm pretty sure he thinks he could be. Right. He's, he's, he's in his mind. He's a super track guy. You know, he did it in his past. He did it at USC. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, he might have a chance, but uh, no, won't. It won't. Deontay Banks. Oh, Tay Banks. <laughs> hey, Tay Banks. Because he got young legs. He got the young legs too. He's yelling across the Deontay Banks across the locker room right now, giving you the play by play. Deontay Banks, by the way, is ripping off his shirt. He's got like a 14-pack going right there. That's my, He's left. That's my boy, AT. Chase from 36 to 25. What do you think of that? I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, I, you know, corners, they, they're a little different story. Um, you know, <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's a lot of things with corners. You know, they, they, they're completely different people, but. Um, <laughs> if I had to say, can he roll me? I mean, he's fast now. Don't get me wrong, because I went against him, and you know, he was step by step sometimes. But uh, if I'm really feeling myself and my legs, all right, you brought up the number thing, so I'll ask you while I'm in this thirteen. What's the what's what's your what's your reasoning behind it, and what's been what's been the reaction? You know, it's it been a lot of reactions that I've seen. Um, some people saying, "Man, I wish you could have. I wish you would have stuck in '84." You know, some of them, um, "Man, I love thirteen. I love thirteen." Um, and, you know, I want people to understand that, you know, I have a lot of respect for what Odell did here. Um, you know, I met him. He shouted you out again on, on on Twitter or whatever it's called, X these days. He shouted you out again. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's my boy, man. You know, I look up to him, you know, and uh, been looking up to him since high school to college to now being in the pros now. Um, but I've always been looking up to him. He's always, you know, he's always been my favorite receiver. But um, that wasn't the reason why I wanted to switch to 13. Um, I really, you know, I, I love. You're a teen guy. You told me you you told me you really want eleven. That's your number, but eleven is obviously retired here, so that was an option. Next best thing was exactly. You know, I really want eleven. That's retired. Um, nineteen was up there. I was thinking about getting that, but Isaiah Simmons got it, so you know, can't go with that. Um, and thirteen was kind of the only number that you know was was there at the time when when uh, Seals left, and um, you know, I kind of I was thinking about. It. I was like, man, what are people gonna think? You know, it's a lot of a lot of things. But I just said, you know what, we're gonna go with it. Um. And I kind of got misreactions with it. But, you know, I'm just trying to do my own thing with that number, you know, build my own legacy. We all understand what, you know, OBJ did here. I have so much respect for him, so much love for him. But uh, I just want to, you know, do something different and, you know, just start my legacy with that number. Last one, your first career game is going to be against the Dallas Cowboys. What do you know about the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, they got two good corners, two elite corners, uh, two elite safeties. Uh, they have a great secondary. Um, but at the same time, we have a great team. Uh, we have a great We have great leaders and uh, it's time to go now. You know, it's week one, um, Sunday night, uh, around, what, 8 o'clock? Yeah, primetime game. That's pretty cool. First first game will be a primetime game, Sunday night. Game, my first regular season game in MetLife. Uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Show out, man. Good luck in your rookie year. Appreciate you. On to the next one. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That was a fun conversation there with Jalen Hyatt, rookie wide receiver out of Tennessee. Dude really admits a cool vibe. I, he seems pretty well liked in the locker room already. I, there, there's a lot to like from what you see from Jalen Hyatt than to think that he could evolve and develop into something even bigger than just this big play wide receiver, you know, this guy who could hit some some deep balls downfield. So it'll be interesting to see how his progression goes. Uh, now, though, I'm going to talk directly to you and answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions with the Giants after dark. And so we're going to Instagram this time. I went to, I, I put it something out on Twitter, said, hey, you know, follow me on Instagram and send in the DM your question and you're more likely to get used for Giants after dark. So I'm going to go straight to there. Just Instagram only. Like, subscribe. If you're not liking me on Instagram right now, go uh, if you're not following me, I should say, go do it right now, please. Go follow me on Instagram. And if you haven't reviewed this podcast as well, as you're listening to it, doesn't cost you anything. Real simple, easy. Like it. Give it five stars, whatever you want. Give me your feedback. I love to hear. Question number one, Stan McCune uh, says, has this year been the lightest training camp you've ever seen for the team from the standpoint of workload, intensity, days off, et cetera? I mean, that's an absolutely. I mean, it's not even close. Brian Dable has really leaned heavily into the sports science stuff. The Giants haven't even practiced four days in a row very often. Most of the time it's three days and then off, three days and off, right? And then you're talking about, I've never seen this many vet days. You talk to players, they don't even get in. Their first meeting is at 9 a.m. A lot of players come still come in at 7, they were telling me, and they just sit there and hang out. They have two hours to kill, and they've never seen that in their football lives. I've never heard of a football coach that started meetings at 9 a.m. It's kind of wild. But right now, I can't argue with the results. The results look great. The Giants heading into the season, the only major injury they've had really has been the Bryce Ford Wheaton. Is that really, you know, a significant injury for this team? Like, look at the starters right now. Look at the significant players on this team. They're all really pretty healthy heading into week one. And to me, that's the biggest goal of training camp. So that's a win for Brian Dable. Now we'll see if they're football ready and they can handle playing football over the next, you know, however many weeks without running such a light camp in the summer. That's to be determined. But uh, interesting approach for sure. Uh, Carson G says, I think it gets cut off here is his name. 
Uh, there might be more to it. Jordan, what are your expectations of Darren Waller's health? I want to be excited about him, but I'm nervous considering his injury history. Well, there's really not much to judge it on right now besides that he's been perfectly healthy throughout the summer, right? And I do like that the Giants, when they before they traded for him, they talked to the Raiders medical people in order to see if there was something that they were worried about long-term, and they found that there wasn't. So, look, any guy can get injured in the NFL. Obviously, a player with a bigger injury history probably has a higher probability of getting injured, but there's nothing so far that should make you negative. Going to the season, you should feel pretty positive about where he is health-wise because he's not dealing with anything at this point. So I don't know why you'd want to go in with the mentality of already like, oh, the, the world is the world is ending, when right now everything's pretty good. So if I were you, I would take the other approach. For now, there's no reason to indicate otherwise. Antonio on Instagram says, any more moves to come for the Giants, or is the roster pretty much set in stone at this point, and will Isaiah stop, uh, Simmons start from day one? And do you think Wandale Robinson will be ready for week one? Uh, so the roster, yeah, they're going to keep alter- altering it. I don't think you should expect any major moves. There's no major moves at this point. Uh, there's no, like, oh, starting guards right now. The Giants' starting guards are on the roster. They're not coming from anywhere else at this point. It's going to be probably a rotation of Ben Bredesen, Mark Lewinsky, and Josh Azudu, and they'll hopefully land on two of the three of them within the first few weeks of the season. Isaiah Simmons, not sure you're going to see him start from day one, but you're going to see him used and used pretty significantly. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Wondell Robinson, I'm still up in the air about that. I think maybe you could see him, but in a limited role early in the season, maybe like a handful of snaps here or there, talking about week one. Or it's possible also as well, depending on how he gets through next week when they really start preparing of uh, whether he is actually available for week one. I think they'd probably be best to save him for weeks two, three, or four at this point because how much can he actually uh, provide him, provide them, uh, early in the season. Uh, Ryan Lundquist says, other than Waller, are any of the other receivers worth drafting in fantasy? Also, is Jones a fantasy QB1? Uh, I would take a flyer on Paris Campbell late, maybe. I think he has potential to do some big things in this offense. Darius Slate is who he is. He's a good bottom of the roster guy, maybe. The problem with Darius Slate is it's always kind of hard to figure which week he's kind of going to have one of those big games because he's so reliant on the deep ball uh, Isaiah Hodge is not a guy I really want to play very often in fantasy. Wandell at this point still coming back. Where's his role? No, I really don't want a piece of him in fantasy. Shep, how much is he going to play? Don't want a piece of him either. And to build off that, MB Einhorn asks, if you were breaking your don't draft Giants rule, because if you listen to the previous podcast, I explained my rule uh, fantasy, and I did not, by the way, end up with any Giants again this year, although I, sh- I really almost drafted Daniel Jones. In what order would you draft the Giants' wide receivers? Which of the receivers has the best chance of separating from the pack with consistent high target share? The And we're just talking wide receiver because obviously Darren Waller is the number one receiver, and I would love to have Darren Waller in fantasy. I'd love to have Saquon Barkley. And Daniel Jones, I think, is a pretty good fantasy quarterback, especially with his running potential. But if it's just wide receivers, I have Paris Campbell one. I have Darius Slayton two. Wandell Robin, no, no, Wandell Robinson probably four, and Isaiah Simmons. I mean, I say Simmons. 
Isaiah Hodgins, three. Wandale Robinson, four. Sterling Shepard, five. Actually, Jalen Hyatt was come in before Shepard. But just, he's not going to play enough. Unless other guys get injured, I don't see Jalen Hyatt getting enough of target share to really want for fantasy. Now, maybe he's a guy worth stocking in case these guys with injury histories like Shep and Wandale and Campbell, you know, they get injured. Then, yeah, then if you tell me Jalen Hyatt's starting and he's getting five, six balls thrown in his direction each game, I'd love to have him. But at this point, I do not see that happening. So I got Campbell, one, uh, Slayton, two, Hodgins, three, Wandale, four, Hyatt, Hyatt, five, Shep, six. That's how I would rank them right now for fantasy purposes. John Manchurian says, hey, Jordan, big fan, wondering why you think, and appreciate that, by the way, wondering why you think Joe Shane is going to wait to do contracts extensions with McKinney, Leo, and Adoree until after the season. Well, number one, especially with McKinney and Adoree, they have to see them stay healthy, stay healthy through a full season. Plus, McKinney thinks he's a top safety in the league. He has to prove it over a full season. He has not played at that level at that level consistently for a full season where I think that you would feel like, okay, you know, th- that's going to happen for him. And so that were you willing to want to pay him? And Leonard Williams as well, coming off an injury-plagued season last year, he's getting older, he's over 30. Let's see him stay healthy before you're willing to invest in him long-term. Why are you going to sign a guy over 30 in the middle of the season, early or before the season? So Adoree as well. It's a lot of money. He gets injured every year. You really want to pay 12 to $15 million a year for a quarterback or whatever he's making or whatever his value is in the open market, assuming he's healthy now, if he doesn't stay healthy this year. So I think that plays a huge part in it. Uh, Hunter Miller says, out of all the rookies, who do you see having the biggest rookie season and making the biggest impact? So it's obviously got to be the two first round, the two first picks, you know, Deontay Banks and the second rounder, John Michael Schmidt. Now, because Banks plays a position where I, it's really tough to be good as a rookie quarterback, a guy like Sauce Gardner is an outlier, right? Uh, the guy on the Broncos drawing a blank on his name at the current moment, he's an outlier, the dude from Alabama. So I think Banks is going to have his ups and downs. He'll have his struggles at points throughout the season. John Michael Schmidt, I think if he plays as a solid average center, that's a win as a rookie. I think he's probably going to have the biggest impact at such a key position as a rookie. So for me, that's the answer. At Nick Rose says, hi, Jordan. How patient will the Giants coaching staff be with Evan Neal this season, especially considering some of the pass rushers the Giants face early in the season? Parsons, maybe Bosa, et cetera. Uh, they're going to be very patient. You know why? Because this regime drafted Evan Neal seventh overall. So they have a huge investment in Evan Neal. And by the way, they have nobody they really trust to back him up. So Evan Neal's in it for the law. They're in it for the long haul with Evan Neal. If they're not in it with Evan Neal, it's going to be after the season. There's no replacement for Evan Neal on this roster. They're crossing their fingers. You're crossing their fingers. Their season could be resting greatly on Evan Neal's shoulders. To me, he's the player, the single biggest player they need to make a jump this year. And if he doesn't, I think that offensive line is in trouble. They need him to make that jump. A lot is riding on Evan Evan Neal's shoulder. He's in their top five most important players this year. Because guys like Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy, you know what you're getting. You don't know what you're getting from Evan Neal. 
he and they need him to be good because if they have a hole at right tackle, we know their guards aren't great, and they have a rookie center. Fine, have, have, Andrew Thomas is a stud, but if those four positions are all question marks, man, that team, that offensive line could be in big trouble. You could scheme around it a little bit. You can't scheme around four average to below average guys. That's tough. So Evan Neal's got him. Got to make a jump this year for this Giants offense to get where they want to go. Last one from Brody Deers. He says, "What?" and this, will, this is building off uh, some of the highest stuff I talked before. What do you see Jalen Hyatt's role being? Will he play right away or have to gradually gain more of a role throughout the season? And I think it's the latter. I do think he'll have to gradually gain more of a role throughout the season. A lot will depend on the injuries to the other guys because you got a bunch of proven receivers. I made that list before, and I even mentioned Cole Beasley, who I think at some point is going to contribute to that wide receiving court. Now, Jalen Hyatt is going to start as the big play gadget guy. You know, 15 to 20 snaps is my best guess for week one. You know, let's say he gets two or three touches out of that. Maybe one's a deep ball. But that's not a huge role at a 60 snap. As the season goes along, I think you could see more and more of Jalen Hyatt, assuming his body holds up, because he is skinny. He is a little frail. That's one of my concerns with him as a rookie, and I think it's something you could obviously work on going forward, but he needs to gain muscle. There's no doubt about that. I'm sure if you ask the Giants, they're going to say next year, they, the next offseason, they're going to want him to get bigger and stronger. And so as he takes hits in the NFL, how does he hold up? You saw him a bunch of times in training camp, get banged up here, a little bit here, a little bit there. It makes you wonder how his body is going to hold up. But assuming it does, I expect his his role to get bigger and bigger because the dude is a big play threat. Like, special. Deshaun Jackson, I think, is a pretty good comparison a lot of people have. He's taller, but he has that speed, that gliding ability, and nobody can run with him. Nobody. I'm telling you, nobody. On to the next one. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. 
Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, we're pretty much going to wrap it up here. I'll give you a little quick Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. And uh, so today I'm taping this on Thursday. There was a clip in SNY, clip stuff real quick from press conferences, puts it out, and I asked a question about the Jets to Joe Shane. And I get out of my whole timeline is filled with people like, enough with the Jets questions. Why are you asking that question? They give you the same answer. And I get it. But that's the thing with people sending out clips right away. These press conferences, a lot of times, you know, some of the questions I have to ask, right? If I'm writing a story on the Jets and Giants and, you know, the Jets getting all the attention, you know, in New York this year and this, this summer and this training camp and Aaron Rodgers, like I have to ask the key people in the organization what they think of it. Like I can't just ignore it and not ask the general manager, the coach, or the quarterback. Like, no, I have to ask them. They don't want to answer it. That's fine. But I have to give them the opportunity, and you have to at least have something from the main voices of the organization. So whether you like it or not, and whether you think it's a good question or not, I don't really care. And and we have we have to do it for our, the story, right? Because you can't have the story and ask about, you know, the Jets and the, the Jets being the the hot team in town, and you flying under the radar as a team, and then not ask the coach, the the general manager, or the quarterback. Because then your story would stink. You'd be like, why wouldn't you ask one of the main people of the Giants what they think of that? So you have to. And I know a lot of people don't care about this, and you don't understand it. And you that's why people are always that criticize these press conferences. You don't understand what our jobs fully entail sometimes. And so this is one of these cases where in order for me to write that story, I have to at least give the decision makers, an opportunity to respond to it and to comment on it. And whatever they say is pretty much relevant because they're the key decision makers. So that's why in these cases, sometimes you have to ask questions, even though if you as a general public, like, why is he asking that question? Why is he asking it now? Because we have ulterior motives sometimes, right? We're working on a story behind the scene. Like we have to ask certain people about it. We have to at least say we gave them a chance to comment on it. And you don't always know that, but then if it gets clipped out and they're put out there without context, you have no idea. So it looks weird. It sounds weird. And I get it. And you're like, why the hell are you asking that question? And you should, if you're seeing that clip, like, why? what the heck is that question? But no, there's a lot of times something else behind it. So uh, with that being said, let's wrap this up. This was long enough. Hope everyone has a fun Labor Day weekend. Next week, we get into the regular season stuff. And I have a hot take for you. Next week, probably the Giants' most important Important game of the season is week one. I'll explain that in full detail in next week, next week's Breaking Big Blue. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Rodon. See you next time.